snap who put that track together i tell you what that must have been one of our producers that thing was hot anyways this is episode 22 of the bcle the be contagious leadership experience today we are bringing on the show nba g league head coach ryan krueger he is the head coach of the grand rapid drive which is the affiliate of the detroit pistons of the national basketball association yes the nba i wanted coach krugs to come on because when i was coaching in the nba d league uh, at the time i was with the main red claws uh, which was the affiliate of the boston celtics and i found that league to be challenging exciting uh, also just hard you know there a lot of the players are really close to getting the nba call up and after a while, they start questioning on why they are playing. So I sat down with Coach Krugs, and he really shares his philosophy. He really shares how it is to have a family, to be involved in basketball, what he does leadership-wise and culture-wise in what I consider the toughest league in the world. So for your listening pleasure, here's my talk with Coach Krugs. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. At the Be Contagious Leadership Experience, we've got a great guest for you today. But of course, we have great guests every single time you listen. Today, we've got a very good friend of mine. He is the head coach in the NBA G League of the Grand Rapids Drive. His name is Ryan Kruger. Coach, man, how you doing? Doing great. Appreciate you having me. All right, this is exciting. I know we've talked about it for a while. I know you're in your preparation to get the season started. I know the whole family is moving, etc., Talk about, you know, tell our listeners kind of where you, your humble beginnings, kind of your road to success, and then we'll dive right into how you lead a G League team. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely been a long and and windy road, I'll tell you that. Uh, Got a degree in college in mechanical engineering and decided to uh, throw that in the trash can and go right into coaching. So I started my (laughs) coaching career in in prep school. I was at Maine Central Institute in the middle of nowhere in Maine for, for two years. Uh, from there, I got a graduate assistant coaching job at VCU with Jeff Capel. Uh, I had a great year there and kind of worked my way into a, a video internship with the New Jersey Nets. Um, my second year there, I became the head video coordinator. My last two years there, I became assistant coach working for, for Lawrence Frank. That was an incredible experience to be part of that that team, obviously, uh, with a lot of Hall of Famers and All-Stars and just a lot of, a lot of wins that came with it. But... Uh, from there, I went to Rutgers University, was there one year, uh, left to go be high school coach and athletic director in Washington, D.C. for a year. Got a call while I was there to uh, from my alma mater to go back and work at Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. Was there one year. Um, got a call from Jeff Capel, who had moved on to Oklahoma, and went out there with him for a year. Then came back to Lehigh for four years, and this will... While I was there, uh, Pistons reached out out of the blue, asked if I had an interest in getting back into pro basketball at the G League level, uh, the D League at the time. And, you know, pros have always been very intriguing to me, certainly after I spent some time with the Nets and kind of jumped at the opportunity. So this will be my fourth year coming up with the drive. That's kind of my long and windy road. I can't believe it's been four years already. It's uh, time flies, buddy. Time flies. Man, I tell you what. Now I, I remember, you know, you you're at Lehigh. Of course, you were there when uh, the mighty Lehigh team slayed 
the dragon of Duke <laughs> men's basketball. That's right, isn't it? It was. It was. That was a that was a pretty good season. We had a great team. CJ McCollum, obviously, a big big part of that. Um, you know, so he he made us pretty smart. Like we knew what we were doing. <laughs> now you've always, ever since I've known you, you you huge on X's and O's. You love the pro game. Where, where does that come from? You know, to me, it's just uh, that, that's what basketball is. Uh, the X's and O's, the practice planning, the game preparation, scouting, the skill development. To me, that that's what coaching is. And I know a lot of other things go into coaching at either the high school or co- certainly at the college level. Recruiting is a, a huge piece of it. Uh, but, but if the you know, I just enjoy the nuts and bolts of being on the court, spending time with the players. Well, one of my favorite all-time things is, is coaches meetings, just, just sitting in. Uh, coaches meetings, talking with our staff, uh, picking their brain, throwing things out there, working our way through things. And uh, to me, that's what, what coaching is really all about. Now, I, I know that, um, you know, being in the GE League for now four years, uh, a lot of people love it. I think a lot of people think it's glamorous. Um, but it, it, it is, you know, a lot of players are trying to get to the NBA. Um, how have you found it? So I love the G League. It's been an incredible opportunity for me, uh, even before I be, uh, became a head coach. Uh, it, it's it's pro basketball with uh, borderline NBA players, and a lot of times, um, you know, there, there's there's a bunch of NBA players, you know, actual NBA players, whether it's assignment guys from NBA rosters or NBA two way players now, um, you know, and now with. Uh, the Exhibit 10 assignment guys who are getting paid money to come to camp and the increase in the salary um, across the board for, for G League players, the, the talent uh, continues to rise each and every year. So, um, you know, it, it's a lot of things. Glamorous is, is not one of them, <laughs> but uh, it, is, it is an incredible experience. You, uh, the staffs are usually smaller. Um, the rosters are a little bit smaller. So at the end of the day, no matter what position you hold, whether you're a coach, player, what have you, you typically get a huge opportunity to showcase yourself and to show what you're all about and whether or not you belong you know, at that level or, or a higher level. And uh, the Opportunity is something that, that's very, very hard to come by, and it's been uh, incredible in the G League for me and, and a lot of other people as well. So uh, that, that's what I enjoy. Well, I, you know, when I was coaching in the D League, of course it was the D League then, I was with Maine. And I, I tell everybody that's one of my favorite coaching experiences because you are with the team. You're right, smaller staffs. You're kind of trying to go all in the same direction. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize, I know when I was in Maine, to go to our away games, we had to drive two hours to Boston and then take a Southwest Airlines to places like Rio Grande, Texas, Bismarck, North Dakota. And then, you know, of course, you know, at Southwest, there's no – seat assignments so basically i'd get on the plane and all of my players would have middle seats all like six foot seven and six foot ten guys um with it how how is the travel in the g league now so the travel is is much improved they you know there are still road games in sioux falls south dakota and those are just that hasn't gotten any easier to get to that hasn't gotten any closer uh to any other team so uh, the travel has gotten better. Some of the brutal, you know, maybe uh, 15-hour bus rides, you know, those, those are uh, very few teams take those anymore. You know, there are some sleeper buses options. 
but typically, you know, we'll we'll travel or we travel, uh, you know, with with connections most places, and you know, and anything under six or seven hours, we're, we're taking a bus. So, um, you know, again, not a lot of glamour, but the guys that we have, the guys that are in the G League, are, are there for a reason, and you kind of accept. Uh, all the good with the bad, and you make the most of your opportunity. So if, if I told you, you know, you had to travel on a bus six or seven hours to games and uh, be up at 4.30 for 6 a.m. flights, but you get a chance to play in front of NBA general managers and, you know, have NBA front office staffs at your game and get a chance to play with, uh, you know, NBA players, you know, that, that'd be an opportunity you'd probably jump at. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives. Now, I think one of the main, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because I, I consider, you know, the, the G League, I think the toughest league to coach in the world. And I think it's because you have, uh, you know, players who want to make the NBA who are always thinking about themselves first because they're, they're, they're trying to get paid. They're trying to get to that league. How do you see, especially now your role as a head coach, I, you know, I think you were, you were promoted middle of the year last year. You know, how, how do you lead from that position when knowing that a lot of your players at times don't want to be there? Uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I don't think it's much more of a challenge than, you know, coaching at, at any other level. Um, you know, I've been in high school, uh, been in college, been in the NBA. And to be honest, there, there's not a big difference between uh, the things you value and the things that are hard to get players to do. You know, uh, guys in high school don't want to defend, and guys in the NBA would rather not defend if they don't have to. And, you know, guys would like to shoot all the time and, and you know, prefer not to pass, whether that's the NBA or, or in high school or in middle school. You know, it's kind of the same things translate. So uh, some of the schemes might be a little different, and it might be a little more advanced, but at the end of the day, uh, basketball is basketball. And that, that's one thing I, I hear a lot. Oh, maybe that only works in the NBA, or that, that just hasn't, or that you know that might work in high school, but not in college. I haven't found that to be the case at all. You know, I've always said if I became a high school coach tomorrow, I'd still run my practices uh, the same way, run the same things, defend the same way, and, and value the same things. Um, you know that I do in the NBA. So, one one thing that's that's been at the core of what we do, um, you know, is discipline and accountability. For, for everyone, and that, that's from the coaching staff to the players, the trainer, the strength coach, everybody on our staff. Uh, we talk about discipline and accountability every single day, and it starts with me. So we will, in our film sessions, we'll watch, um, you know, all the missed blockouts and all the times we didn't rotate defensively and all the uh, passes we didn't make, but we will also watch all the ATOs that the head coach screwed up on the board and forgot to mention this at the end of game plays that didn't go correctly and the adjustments that, that we forgot to make. So uh, one, one thing that's been good for us, everybody in the room is aware that it's not just them uh, on the film or it's not just them being held accountable. You know, they, we watch the positive, we watch the negative, uh, and that's across the board. So, you know, that's one thing on a daily basis we try to hammer home, uh, the discipline and accountability for, for everyone in the room. That's uh, what was really good. But at the end of the day, I just felt like, our guys uh, want to be coached. And I haven't been on a team in, in my 18 years where I, I was a part of a team where the guys didn't want the coaches to coach them. And, you know, these guys, they, they're not opposed to working. They're not opposed to defending. They're not opposed to uh, doing things that are hard. They have to see the value in it. They have to see how it helps them and helps the team. Uh, but I do think they want you to help improve them. 
and doesn't matter who you are, if you can improve your players and put them in a positive light and, and help showcase them uh, and the team as well, you know that they're going to buy in, they're going to listen, they're going to do what you ask. And you know, we, we were by no means easy on our guys last year, but we held them accountable. We were tough, um, but we were consistent, and you know, our guys re- responded to it. You know, um, so we we had a good bunch of guys. They they bought in, they listened. Um, you know, and there, there were a few other things that we did that I think helped them buy into what we were doing. We, we didn't ask more of them than, than we needed. Um, you know, we, we, we managed their minutes, we managed their, their load physically in practice and things like that. But uh, I just think guys at every level want to be coached. And if you can help them and they see that and they believe in, in what you're preaching, um, they're going to buy in and they're going to do the things that, uh, that you ask them to do, even if even if it is things that aren't at the top of their list, like defending, rebounding, blocking out, mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of things. So when it came to your, your leadership and, and the culture that you're, you're establishing, nothing changed. It's like, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And this is how we do it. And, and you were, you guys just kept moving forward with it. Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, my, my personality was a little bit different than, you know, than, than the coach we had in place, uh, not to say better or worse, just, just a little different. I really, um, you know, I, I'm a guy that likes to smile a lot. I, I enjoy being on the basketball court. I enjoy being around the guys. I don't think that practice uh, should feel like, you know, I always talk about practice is our classroom, but anytime I went to class, and maybe, maybe it was just me, but I didn't, I kind of dreaded going to class. Right. And you hear, oh, guys don't like to practice and guys don't like to watch film. We, we tried to turn that on its head and enjoy practice. And if you have, competitive guys uh, that, that love to play basketball and your drills are fun and you're not overtaxing them physically and they see value in each and every drill that you do and you're not wasting their time, um, you know, they, they're going to bring it and they're going to show up and they're going to buy into to what you have going on. So, um, you know, I tried to bring that, that uh, joy uh, to practice and, and enjoy it. And it's okay to smile on the court and it's okay to uh, let your – your emotions out and show your passion you know in, in, in our practices you're allowed to curse at the coach at, at the referees who obviously are the coaches right. uh, you know you're allowed to tell them that that's a terrible call and you know now you can't go overboard and all those kinds of things but my, my whole thing was and i've been a lot of places where they say you know show respect and you can't get on the coach get on the referees who are the coaches and you know my thing is that winning is super important to you and you're just an uber competitive guy you know, and there's a terrible call. I mean, coaches make terrible calls in practice. We all know that, and, and, and we tell our guys that as well. If it doesn't bother you, and you know, then then I don't think winning is important enough to you. You know, I don't think you're invested enough uh, in what's going on. So there, there's a lot of give and take. We demand a lot of things, uh, but we also give a, a lot on the other end. You know, mm-hmm. so you are able to express yourself. You are able to let your your passion passion show each and every day you are expected to, to enjoy practice and to smile and, and to have fun with what we're doing um you know with that being said we're not going to keep you two hours every day you know short practices became a shorter maybe not short our guys probably wouldn't say <laughs> we had short practices but they, they understood we had shorter practices uh they were able to bring it uh give us what they had in shorter amounts of time we were able to get things done and move on so uh, you know, I just think it's a balancing act that there's a lot of give and take. But, um, you know, if you're giving on your end and the guys see value in what you're doing on, on their end, um, 
you know, I, I think there's going to, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of buy-in. Right. How, um, how do you, uh, work with when you're, you know, the Pistons or the NBA team sends you a player and you've got to play them? How is that interaction with the player who's been practicing hard, um, every day and now you've got to go ahead and, and put another player in the lineup for, you know, substituting him? Um, how does that conversation go? Um, and, and how did, how, how, how's everything dealt with it? So that's probably one of the hardest things uh, in the G league is just that, uh, the guy that's been with you for three and a half months, um, you know, has done everything right. Has either been in the starting lineup or, you know, he's playing 20 minutes a game off the bench, uh, through no fault of his own. An NBA player is assigned from an NBA club. He's obviously going to be in the starting lineup and move you know, your player down one notch uh, on the depth chart. So uh, my whole thing is, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be we're, we're going to be proactive. We're going to talk about it all the time. Um, and I think just communication, um, you know, our, our guys don't have to like that, but they do have to understand that, you know. So um, in training camp, we'll talk about kind of how the G League works with, with our guys. And that, you know, that, that – that references, you know, uh, where where things stand on the depth chart for everybody. Uh, what it means when the player is assigned from from the NBA parent club, when guys you know come from the Pistons, uh, how that how that works. And we, we had a lot of success. Our guys didn't enjoy, uh, you know, sliding down on the depth chart. But when they weren't surprised by it, when it wasn't caught off, when they weren't caught off guard, uh, and also I think one, the, the third piece to that is when they. They understand the situation and realize that uh, the staff is invested in them. You know, so when the drive staff, they know the drive staff and the head coach are invested in them. Um, they're okay with one or two games where uh, you know a, a Pistons player is assigned and and things change because they know when that player goes back to the Pistons, uh, things will go back to normal. Their staff, you know, still believes in them. Uh, still excited to have them in the lineup, and uh, you know that, that's kind of how we deal with it. So uh, a big challenge, but I think communication and instilling that uh, fact that our guys know we believe in them each and every day, and they're excited to get them back in the lineup whenever that may be, or back to their regular routine goes a long way. Right. Now, I, ever since I've known you, you've been huge on communication. Um, you you really get to know your players. Like, what is your philosophy you yourself and and the coaching staff in terms of communicating with players i'm not just basketball but about everything in life so yeah i, I just uh, you know i don't know if there's anything more important than, than communicating with with your guys uh, I, I probably i try to over communicate every single day so uh we obviously have pre-practice routines that our assistant coaches uh kind of our guys we have pre-practice uh, groups and routines uh, either before that, after that, uh, sometime before practice starts, uh, I try and reach out and touch every single guy on the team and just check in. And my rule is we're not allowed to talk about basketball, um, you know, until practice starts. So, you know, whether it was game the night before, we're going to talk about how you're doing in life, uh, your adjustment to, to moving to Grand Rapids, uh, being here without your family, uh, you know, just being away from your hometown for the first time. Um, you know, I, I want those guys to know my family. I want them to know more than just what goes on on the basketball court. And I've seen too many times where coaches, the first step they take on the court, a uh, player walks out of the locker room or the training room, and it's just 
hey, you missed the defensive rotation and your one hand passes off the bounce has to get better. And I just think if basketball is the only thing you can talk to your guys about, I, I think it it uh, hurts the relationship and, and you're not able to build um, you know as much of a cohesion as, as you would like. So I try to over communicate with with my players and my staff every day. That, that's a goal of mine. I think it's huge. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as coaches, we get caught up on what our players didn't do the day before or the missed shots or whatever else it is. And then our players end up just feeling like that they're only worthy of just being a basketball player. And um, that chemistry, you know, how do you continue to build that chemistry for the long, you know, G League season? Um, and, you know, your, your guys are moving up and down. You know, are there certain parts of the year where you're just like, gosh, I, nothing that we're doing is working chemistry-wise? What is something we could do? How often do you really look at what you do every single day? You know, there's nothing specifically that we do. Uh, we, we try to spend a lot of time together. To, to be honest, we spend so much time together on buses and in uh, at airport gates waiting for our planes <laughs> and, you know, on, on mini buses uh, on the road that we take to – to shoot arounds and things that uh, there are times where we, we kind of just need our need our space. But our guys were great uh, last year, and we just had really high character guys that uh, enjoyed being around. And at the end of the day, one of our core core things that we talked about consistently was, you know, everybody has kind of a goal in, in the G League, and, and most guys want to want to get to the NBA, and everybody. Uh, you know, is trying to use the G League to, to move on uh, somewhere else. But at the end of the day, we, we talk all the time. And we'll talk about this in our first team meeting coming up here in about a week uh, or two. Everybody on our team and everybody, you know, that will be at our first team meeting needs everybody else in the room to help them get to where they want to get to. And, you know, I, I can't get there if the assistant coaches aren't. Uh, giving me great advice and the players can't get there if the trainer is not doing his job keeping them prepared uh, getting them healthy getting them out on the court as soon as possible you know our five men who might not be a post-up guy might be an athletic roller uh, that, that doesn't touch the ball a lot he needs the ball from the point guard or the wings when he's open on pick and rolls uh, to showcase his ability to to play like Clint Capella and the way five men kind of play these days but if if guys aren't willing to share the ball, if guys aren't willing to make the right play, uh, you know, that, that doesn't happen. So there was a real understanding uh, amongst our guys, and I think it comes from the, the character that, that we had in the room last year. But uh, guys knew that and, and bought in that we each needed, it, you know, each other to, to, to be at our best. And, you know, it, it really allowed everybody to shine. And the cool thing to me was we, we always talked about the goal, our goal in the G League, it's not, not so much winning games. Nobody really, you know, we're, we're uber competitive people, so when the, when the ball goes up, uh, you know, we want to go out there and win the game. But at the end of the day, our goal each and every day is to showcase our players and to put them in better situations at the end of the year than when they start. So that might be an unknown guy getting a two-way contract or uh, a, a guy that didn't have any overseas offers, maybe getting a mini camp, NBA mini camp offers or summer league invites and things like that. So it was really cool for me to see our, our guys come together last year, do it the right way, do it together. Um, and then also, you know, through that, we were also able to win games, you know, uh, had a great year, won the most games we've ever won in team history, made the playoffs for the first time 
and winning and losing was never even discussed. Mm. It was just about, we're here to help you guys. Uh, we're, we're here to put you in a better situation to help you improve your situation basketball-wise, whatever that may be. And the guys believed in that. They, they bought into that. And they also bought into the fact that they had to do it together. And if the point guard wasn't passing the five-man the ball on the roll when he was wide open, the five-man is not going to be back there in his drops defensively covering up for the point guard when he gets hung up on the screen. And it just worked all the way around. And our guys, uh, it, it, it really allowed them to, to bond on an even uh, deeper level, I thought, and just, just made it for an incredible year for us. That's awesome. Now, how do you, when you add a new piece, add a new player in January or February, is there certain things that you do to get them on the same page as your team? Or is it just business as usual? They come in, this is what we do, and, and let's go. So we spend a lot of extra time. Um, you know, when a new player shows up, he, he doesn't really know anything about what we do. And even if he's really talented, uh, you'll see a lot of former NBA players uh, either come back from overseas, um, you know, guys that you would want uh, higher on your depth chart. But because they don't know what we're doing and haven't been a part of our, you know, our team, um, we, we, we always try and bring them along slowly. So they'll, they'll spend a lot of extra time pre-practice, watching film, uh, learning our plays. Uh, they'll spend time post-practice uh, running through those plays. So they've watched them on video. They'll get reps in practice, and then they'll go 5-0 with, you know, they'll play their position. We'll have four other coaches jump out there, run through the plays. Um, you know, we have a, a, a vocabulary book that they will go through. We'll sit down, go through that, so they understand what we're talking about, how we use different you know, different terminology that's uh, maybe a little different than, than some other teams. But uh, there, there is no substitute for time and effort. And if you haven't been there and you don't know the plays and you don't know the terminology, the only way that you get there is extra effort, uh, time and, and effort being put in. So we, we utilize the whole staff. The video guy, you know, creates a video playbook. And, you know, the assistants uh, create video uh, – I'm sorry – you know, terminology lists and you know we just get them up to speed as, as quickly as possible but uh, it just takes time and uh, there's not there's no real tricks uh, to the trade there wow that uh, you know it, it, I think in in every interview I do and I think the same thing that you've seen in your life there there is no substitute for hard work and preparation you know I think a lot of people want to shortcut things but there really isn't and when you're trying to prepare, you know, you're trying to do everything else, you know, you have the support of your coaching staff, obviously the parent club and, and your players, but you also have great support um, from your family. You know, uh, Coach, I know, you know, you've got a, a beautiful little girl and, you know, your wife and everything else. Like, how how does everything fit? Like, you, you are the head coach of a, D League, of a G League team. It's a very important part of the Pistons organization, but you're also a husband and a, and a dad. How do those come together? Not easily. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's for sure. It was a lot easier as an assistant coach, I'll tell you that. I had my little routine. I scouted every th third or fourth game. Uh, I knew um, you know, when I needed to have things done and you know, when, I, when I got my little breaks and uh, – you know, now it's it's much more of a challenge. Every you know, we play 50 games, so I feel like I have 50 scouts and I have 50 post game uh, video edits to make, and uh, there, there there is no break. So I think I think the first thing that, that the most important thing is you got to start with 
with uh, the great pieces, and, and I have an incredible wife who allows me to spend you know, all this time that, that we do with the team. And at, at the end of the day, during the season, we, we spend far more time with our teams than we do with our family. It's, it's not even close. Um, you know, uh, it, it, you know our, our team knows when I get a haircut. They know when, you know, <laughs> they know all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, and guys just don't pick up on those kinds of things. So that's how I know we're, we're spending too much time when, <laughs> when they start, you know, talking about my clothes and my, my haircut and whether or not I've shaved and all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, my wife uh, does an incredible job keeping our, our family together. She, she's incredibly understanding. And, you know, that, that, that's what it takes uh, in, in this profession because we, we all put our, our heart and effort, you know, our heart and soul into everything we do. And it's not a nine to five job. You know, it just, it just isn't at any level. Uh, when you coach high school, those guys, uh, you know, Men and women are driving kids home after the game and showing up early to let them get shots and open the gym. And, you know, it's not just uh, at the NBA level or the G League level. So, um, you know, now I, I try and make up for that. I try and spend uh, as much time as possible in the offseason. Uh, the G League offseason is, is uh, a little calmer. There's no recruiting. There's, there's, no, there's not a lot else going on. A lot of times we don't even have a roster in the summer. So no guys I could even work out if I wanted to. So uh, I try and make up as much as I can in the, in the summertime. But um, she does a great job. She'll bring my daughter Chloe to, to practice, let her walk around. And, um, you know, the guys get the chance to see, see me with her. But then also inter- they get to interact with with her after practice and, and things. So, uh, you know, I think just having an incredibly understanding and loving wife is, is the most important thing uh, or partner. You know, that's, that's right. the most important thing, piece to the puzzle uh, when it comes to family and coaching. Well, no, yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. You, you know, when you have that good base, everything becomes grounded and, and helps you do a great job. When you're in the midst of your season and uh, you're – you know, you're you maybe you're in a three five game losing streak. You're drained. You're tired. What are things that you do individually? Is it self talk? Is it journaling? That that kind of refuels you, so that you can give your best effort to the people who depend on you every day. Oh, uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know if I have uh, a mechanism. Um, you know. Luckily, we didn't we didn't have a lot of long losing losing streaks last year, so that's uh, I hope that I hope that continues. But uh, you know, the, the the one thing that uh, the only thing that ever makes me feel right or feel better uh, when things aren't going well with the team is just more time with the team. So when when we've lost a couple games or when, you know uh, when we play well and you know when we win but we haven't played well or things like that, the only thing I can think to do is to get back into the coaches' meetings to get back uh, into the film room with the guys, to get back onto the court. That's the only thing that ever makes me feel better. And that's one of the special things I think about coaching basketball and, and sports in general. Um, you know, I remember time at, at the Nets where we had lost four games in a row. And, you know, to me, the, the world was, was going to end. And, and Richard Jefferson says, look, we're still going to finish, like, in the top two or three in the conference. Like, we're, we got a chance to win a ring. You're, you're losing your mind. And, you know, it was my first year in the NBA. He's like, we play 82 games. Like, we're going to be just fine. So uh, I think putting everything in perspective, but uh, at the end of the day, just never wavering on the things that we believe in. And we, we may not be doing uh, those things the, the right way uh, or, or 
to the level that we need them to be. But if we've done our homework and, and we believe in our core values, whether that's X's and O's or, you know, things, things of that nature, we're, we're just going to get back to, to doing it at a better, at a higher level. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer in less is more. So we don't do a lot of things um, with the Green Rapids Drive. You know, I, I try and figure out what's the most important. We spend uh, the majority of our time there. You know, we talk about the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. Um, you know, there are a lot of things we don't even work on. And, you know, we, we, we didn't do a blockout drill for 38 games. We didn't do uh, a whole lot of things for an entire season. And, you know, we were in the top five in defensive rebounding as defensive player of the year. And I just felt like I could tell our guys, hey, you need to block out. And, and that doesn't happen at, at the high school level maybe. But our guys know what blocking out is. I don't know if necessarily working on that, uh, drilling that, having them hit each other in practice accomplishes it. Well, you know, we have professional guys who were bought in and, uh, you know, bringing their energy and effort every single day. When I said, hey, we, we're not doing a good job blocking out, they got, they got back to it and, and started being physical and hitting people and, and blocking out. So, um, you know, I, I think just valuing uh, the right things and not wavering in, in those beliefs um, and, and just trying to do a better job with uh, your execution uh, of those things is, um, you know, it's kind of the approach we take. Right. Wow. That's, I tell you, this is great stuff, man. I mean, a lot of really good insight on on how you are working with players and, of course, you know, having your family as well, too. I got my last two questions. We ask every single guest on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience when they make the Coach Krug's full feature film. Who is going to play Ryan Krug? No, man. If they ever make that, ooh. I don't know. I think my mom and my wife and my sister might be the only ones to go watch that. But uh, count me in there, man. I'm in there. I'll pay the eight bucks. Matinee, though. <laughs> I hear you. Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Uh, it's got to be somebody with a little swag. They don't have to be great looking, but they got to have a little <laughs> swag. I, you know, just I feel like I have a little something to me uh, that, that, that I can relate to the guys. Uh, they, they tell me I'm not very good looking, and that's okay. <laughs> I'll agree with them there, but uh, I don't know who. Uh, a little swag. I'm trying to think here. Who would be? Uh, huh. Is I mean, um, well, we should have. Maybe, maybe a Woody Harrelson there. I mean, he. You know. Uh, I think. I think I'd. I'd. I'd bring in Eminem to play you. Eminem. I don't know if I have that much swag. <laughs> 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 I like to think I do. I think my players never have a different saying on there, but that, that's, that's a good call. Right Perfect. There. We're going to do that. And the last question, man, is, you know, in order for you to do what you do at a high level, you got to be in love with something every single day. What What is something that you're in love with that allows you to perform at the level that you're performing at? I'll tell you what, I, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, I don't have a lot of hobbies, and I don't I do not do a lot of other things. Uh, the, the two, the, the really only two things in, in my life, and that's my family uh, and basketball. And I just absolutely am fanatically passionate about both of those. Uh, I love having my daughter come to practice. I love my parents at the games. I love my wife being a part of, of this team. Um you know, and I just love being around the guys, helping our guys uh, put themselves, you know, feeling like I'm helping them 
put them in better situations uh, than, than when they started. So that, that's that, that's really you know what excites me the most. Um, you know that, that's kind of what gets me through each day. I, I just can't get to practice soon enough. We have two weeks before training camp starts, and I'm just uh, chomping at the bit. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! Now, if any of our listeners want to reach out to you, is there a place? Is there something where they could just say hello, or or pick your brain, or just be a big fan of yours? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I used to be on on Twitter. I guess I'm still on Twitter, but uh, when I when I got there, they told me NBA coaches don't tweet. <laughs> that kind of resonated with me, so I, I stopped tweeting. <laughs> I do have Twitter, but uh, you know, email is probably the best way to get in, in touch with me. Email is rkruger, R-K-R-U-E-G-E-R, at pistons.com. rkruger at pistons.com. Uh, practices are open. You know, we, we, we'd love to have people come out and, and watch. And, um, you know, only thing is I may, I may pick your brain and ask you what you thought and ask you how we can, we can get better because, uh, there's a lot of ways to do it and uh, a lot more than just, 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 uh, the way we do it. So, uh, love to have anybody out there and, uh, you know, love, love to hear from anyone that, that had an interest. That's all. Krugs, man. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I know, um, we've known each other for a long, I'm proud of everything that, that you're doing, um, from family perspective to being where you are in your career, man. I'm one of your biggest fans. Good luck this year, and I know we'll catch up later on. I appreciate it. Feeling is mutual. Thanks for having me. All right. Love that Coach Krugs gave us that inside look into the NBA G League. You know, one of the things I really admire about him is his journey. He did not give up. He did not stop believing. And he has found a way to blend high-level basketball with his family, his beautiful wife, uh, and his daughter. Just things that you really want in the coaching world or just in your life. And he's been able to do it day by day because it really is a process. So I hope you definitely reach out to Coach Krugs anytime. Or if you're out in the Grand Rapids area, you got to go visit him. He would love to see you. And you could tell him, hey, I heard you on the Be Contagious podcast. Speaking of that, guys, I love you. I appreciate that you support our movement and what we are trying to do every single day in our lives. Please, if you don't mind, go on iTunes, SoundCloud, rate us, rank us, give us something good or bad if you don't like us. But either way, would love to hear what you think about the BCLE. I love you guys. Stay true to yourself. And don't forget, every single day, you have an opportunity to be contagious to other people. Love you. We'll be right back.